0: you missed you missed the big 700 by by one guest i'm sorry and um that's all right that's what it is nothing i can (laughs) do about it uh for everybody listening in the future today it's wednesday february 9th uh, 2022 at 2 p.m eastern time dr pam popper has been on here once before and i actually can say the the when i get when i get like a certain kind of feedback from more than one person like if it's a couple of people in the same group and they say the same thing, you can never really take that at face value because you don't know who's just saying it because someone else said it. But in the comments from in the comments uh, on the phone with my mom and then someone who just watches the show that's friends with me and I text them three different people said that the episode made them hopeful. So take from that what you will. So I thought that was cool. But before we dive into another a podcast that spirals into world war ii analogies dr popper Mm -hmm. please introduce yourself
1: yeah well i'm pam popper i'm one of the co-founders of make americans free again we're the people with chapters in all 50 states now and uh, growing fast right now, faster than we did in the beginning, which is interesting. As things loosen up, we're growing faster, and I think we can talk about why that is, um, and filing lawsuits every opportunity we get to go after the bad guys, to either stop being bad guys or to make them you know, punish them for what they did. My background is healthcare. I started a healthcare company 27 years ago called Wellness Forum Health, and our special angle, if you will, is informed medical decision making. So we've been helping people look at healthcare evidence, healthcare related evidence for years and sort through it um, with uh, using some rules because what we're seeing out there is no rules apply to anything. And so we've always had a very disciplined approach to it. And because of that background, I was uniquely positioned, you might say, to understand this early, To make comments about it that turned out to be pretty accurate also um because of that background and because of the company that i built we were uniquely positioned to be able to do something in other words um i want to make sure people don't give me too much credit if i'd been a practitioner alone in an office with a secretary or something like that i could never have done this but i've got a big building full of people who are all in want to do the right thing and I have a lot of help. So we were, I, I knew what was going on and we could do something about it. And so that's how we got thrust into this whole
0: thing. Dr. Popper is not a crazy person like me in an apartment surrounded with sound tiles, sh- screaming at a camera for hours a day. There's a big, there's <laughs> a big difference between us, but yeah. what we touched on last time, I actually think is, is completely fitting. You know, we, we, all the world war II analogies primarily uh, for everyone, for, quick uh quick summary is how the monolith the opposing force always seems like it can't be touched imperial japan nazi germany and furthermore they're never going to broadcast that they are being weaker that they get weaker it's not something like um it's not something like physique where maybe you're getting ready maybe you're like a mike tyson guy and you're getting ready for a fight and you're seeing pictures of the other guy and there are bags under his eyes and he's slouching over and he's maybe not as defined. He's getting a little layer of flab. You don't see that. All you see is just like a picturesque kind of, you know, rocky figure. They're never going to broadcast that. So that's one aspect is they're never going to, you know, even after the two atomic bombs, it still took a couple days for Hirohito to, Hirohito to say, all right, yeah, we're done. Um, Nazi Germany was, I mean, Hitler uh, issued the Nero proclamation or Nero decree, I think like two days before his death, I could be completely wrong on that. But it was just burn everything, destroy everything. They were bringing eighth graders out in front of the Reichstag building where the Fuhrer bunker was, and giving them Pervitin, which was crystal meth and saying, fight the Soviets. And then when it collapses, it seems like it happened. It seems like it's a knockout punch. But the reality is, is it was the one thousandth cut that got them, and so that's kind of one aspect of it. The other aspect we talked about was how, as you I think said uh just now accelerating kind of like a s like a seesaw it 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 starts to accelerate when it when it goes you know the avalanche doesn't slow down, it builds up and gets faster and faster. I mean, just think of terminal velocity um And then you start to see the the fissures between the high command of the bad guys, where all of a sudden they're maybe looking for plea deals on the other side, like a Werner von Braun or a a Shiro Ishii, Like, ooh, maybe if I sell out my guys, I can – and, you know, Sun Tzu, right, provide a golden bridge for your enemy to retreat across. So you take that. You don't go, no, you're all going to Nuremberg. You're like, sure, yeah, give up 99 Nazis. We'll take one. Mm -hmm. Now just looking at the news, and again for everyone listening, Wednesday, February 9th, twenty twenty-two. Do you is this just my own blind optimism, or does it not seem like that's exactly, like like what's happening? They're coming out now and be like, listen, you know who who's that physician on on CNN, uh, uh, Ren Chen. Uh-huh
1: but uh Marino uh, yeah, or or
0: something like that yeah yeah the one saying that unvaccinated people shouldn't be able to leave their houses and then in December said cloth masks are a little more than decoration and i think yesterday or this morning tweeted like there are two there are there were two groups of people like anti mandates anti lockdowns and pro mandates pro lockdowns now there's a third the third realized that the mandates were good early on but maybe now this is the the situation has changed to me that to me, that sounds like Werner von Braun being like, there are allies and there are uh, the Germans. And now there are people who maybe want to live in America. And it's like, you're just you're just scuttling away. And I know mm-hmm. I'm know i rambling and I'm, and I'm beating you with words right now. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think a lot of interesting things are going on. Um, I, I mentioned before that we're we're picking up people. And I think what's happening is, and I said this from the beginning, you have the, the sheep and you have the awake people when this started, and it was like 30 30. And that's why you had like a standoff. You could, I mean, they're screaming at us to comply, and we're saying no. And they're complying, and we're not. And, and we must have, of, most of the people in our group were pretty defiant about it, okay? Yeah. Then you got this 40% in the middle, it's a bystander population. What's happening is those people were never going to be recruitable by the sheep. They could only be recruited because if they, if they believed all that stuff, they would have gone into it. They didn't. So, so we're, we're picking up that middle population. But another thing has happened that I think is interesting. And I'm watching this um, on the news, actually, the mainstream news. i am trying not to watch too much of it. It makes your head hurt. But but um, I thought that it was incredibly telling that Barry Weiss on the Bill Maher show said that, hey, we did everything we're supposed to do. I used Clorox on my Pringles cans. And I mean, she must have been a lunatic. But she got a standing ovation for that. And um, Bill Maher since then has been talking about this in many of the same terminology that we use, right? So that's one thing that I think. And, and then you mentioned this this terrible human being on CNN, <laughs> Um, Speaking of which, what happened at CNN is really interesting. So Jeff Zucker um, apparently left, he says, because he was having an affair with somebody who worked there. I don't think that's it at all. I think that what happened is their ratings are are below floor level. I mean, they can't go on like this and be viable. Um, Who they brought in is Robert Malone, a billionaire who contributed to Trump's campaign, who said we're going to bring CNN back to being a news station that, that stands for something. And uh, before that, they had hired away three people from Fox, Jonah Goldberg, uh, Chris Wallace, and Steve Hayes, who were more on the libertarian side rather than conservative. But it was clear that those people weren't going to CNN to sing the praises of the Biden administration. All right. So so you've got one media outlet that's completely turning itself upside down, saying our survival depends on turning on our masters. The New York Times subpoenaed a Freedom of Information Act for Hunter Biden's emails they're dying on the vine and they're going to have to start covering the sensational stories and the sensational stories are going to be the fraud, the, um, you know, the outright, um, uh, I mean, I don't even know what you call what happened with Hunter Biden, but, but um, but yeah, corruption, that's what you call it. Uh, so so that's happening. Um, you see the changing of the message. You see the Democrats in, in major cities and, and states starting to change. We, well, we really do have to determine who is in the hospital with COVID versus because of COVID and all, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to take the masks off because kids. They're trying to get ahead of this because they understand that this is an election year. A lot of states have changed their laws, so they're not going to be able to steal the elections like they did before. And so they're going to have to do something to get back in America's good graces. Now, I am putting the warning sign out to everybody, warning signal. I think that the stupidest thing we could do is breathe a sigh of relief. Thank God things are getting better. They have more tricks to play. And they will definitely try more things. So we're going to have to continue to stay diligent. And we've got to think of the future, inoculating ourselves against this happening again. But all in all, I would say that uh, your analysis is right. They're losing. We're winning. And um, uh, we have some more surprises for them coming soon. So when when I can talk about them. Because one of them is cataclysmic, something oh, we're getting ready to do, oh, and, uh, and and they'll shoot me and kidnap me and put me in my basement if I tell you, you know.
0: All right.
1: All right. Uh, but but I'll come back and tell you so. So what's happened is as they're getting weaker, organizations like us are getting stronger. And so I wouldn't have tackled this thing that we're getting ready to do a year ago. I wouldn't have thought that we could fund it. Number one, we can now. And I didn't have the bandwidth to do my part of it to make it happen, which I do now. So um, so we can take on more. They're getting weaker, we're getting stronger. And that's going to be a lot more fun, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's. But I'm with you to sort of... Uh to sort of go back to what I think is probably the most important thing you said, do not give up. Do I, I've always hated when you, you know, you'd see a team winning in like the Super Bowl or something and people would be like, all right, well now they're just running up the score. No, you're at the super, you're at the altar. It's the end of the season. Slaughter them. It does not, it, you know, if you don't like the fact that I'm running up the score, how about grow a pair and stop me from running up the score?
1: And to me,
0: that's my logic is, Destroy, right. let's lay off of them. There, no, what is what was Eisenhower saying to the end? Unconditional surrender. Mm-hmm. Will you will keep doing it. We, Truman didn't even authorize the second, he just said drop them until they're finished. He just said mm-hmm. keep going, and then he called off the third. Go until they're finished. Don't we're not going to island hop, we're going to go to the mainland, and we're going to bulldoze your entire country. Unconditional surrender, and to right. me, that's what it is, and not only that. I mean, it's been, what, 77 years, and we still have bases in Okinawa and, and Iwo Jima and Ramstein, 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 Don't just beat them. Neuter them. Destroy mm-hmm. them. Because what they did is so unconscionable. It's not just, hey, you're going against your enemy and you won and then be a grateful winner. When you look at a Pearl Harbor or uh, an Auschwitz, or you look at people being gaslit into taking something they don't want to take and they're forced to take because they have to keep providing for their family and then they're paralyzed or have a heart attack or their kids have heart attacks and then you're made to feel like a plague rat because you won't do it and you're censored and you're yelled at all the while Pfizer's laughing to the bank. You don't just finish the game. You then rip apart their team from the top down and demolish their stadium. That's mm-hmm. my logic on this. and I think a lot of people, and it's I get it, it's tempting, you're tired. You know, you don't want to sprint the last mile of the marathon. It will come back. It will 100% come back. World War I ended, quote unquote. It ended. and We all went home and we said, hey, Germany, you guys can't make any more weapons. We went to a book called Arms of Krupp. And they said, hey, you guys can't make any more weapons. So they started making like spoons and wagons all the while, all throughout they had these secret facilities where they're still researching artillery barrels new uh, new rifling so they could shoot farther and as soon as the as soon as Hitler came into power and was like german might that machine it was turnkey turned right back on and the machine mm-hmm. came to life and like like something escaping a vaccine they escaped 1918-19 and they came back more lethal than ever you have to mm-hmm. wipe it out with Clorox and a flamethrower and This is kind of deviating from, like, my normal message of where I'm just like, guys, you know, let's let's do the right thing and love everyone. But what's what's going on, what has been going on has been so disgusting and so absurd that it has to be you you have to push them to the edge and then push them off the cliff and then build Mm -hmm. a fence on the cliff. This is the only way forward. And I think a lot of people are very, again, I get it. You know, cheering mandates are over. Hey, they're they're backpedaling. Look, we got him on the run. You know, people are like, look at Trudeau, he's worried. Good, great. I gained like seventy pounds after my brother died. Eight years later, I've lost about fifty of it. I lost about thirty-five of it, and then I paused for a couple years because I got comfortable. I've started in the last three months. I've lost about another twenty. And every weekend, I'm like, oh, I'm losing weight left and right. I can go get some Taco Bell. And I just cut myself off at the knees. And I'm like, you can have like one Chick-fil-A sandwich as a cheat meal, and then it's back to chicken and broccoli fat ass. Like, I'm not going back. Cut it down to the end. Am I am I getting what I feel across correctly? And I hope that's yep. what other people are feeling. Like, you know, put the nails in. Screw the, you know, bury the coffin and then and put the metal grate over. And yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That, you're, you're right on track. And uh, we have to make these people pay for what they did. Yes. And um, and we also have to reorganize a lot of things. Like what's happened, uh, I think what's going on with the FDA right now just shows, and it's, it's a terrible thing, but it's a good thing because it shows how much that agency needs to be wiped out and restructured. Okay, so I've been talking for years about this you know, $2.6 billion the drug and device makers give the FDA and everything gets approved, okay? But they go through the charade of having a, an expert panel and some arguing back and forth and they don't get the raw data. They get what the drug companies want to show them, but but they act like they're paying attention. And then last summer, they approved that Alzheimer's drug that has no benefit, it, it zero benefit, it, and the panel voted 100% of them, not to approve it. Fifty-six thousand dollars a year it costs, and the FDA just said, "No, we're going to approve it anyway." So some panel members quit. They said, "Why bother? I mean, what we're just decorative, right? So why bother?" All right, so so then you speed ahead, and they just approved the Moderna vaccine, took it out from the EUA, and approved it without any panel. This is the second time they've done something like this. It's why what let's why why are we even bothering to go through the charade? We know what's going to happen, right? And so so at this point in time. And then, of course, the the they wanted 80 years or something to release the Pfizer data. What would a regulatory agency? Why would it want to withhold that information from the public? Because they helped Pfizer cover up all the expected side effects and all that kind of stuff of the of the vaccine. So, so I think at this point in time, the FDA has 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 shown its true colors to the place where um, I don't think many people who think. Uh, believe that you can just leave it alone and say, well, now that this is over, this is over. And we've got to do something about these career bureaucrats like Fauci. And by the way, one other thing, I don't know if you saw this, but they're starting to throw him under the bus. Uh, A press conference, White House press briefing, somebody said, did you see that study from Johns Hopkins that says that the lockdowns were harmful and didn't do anything and all that kind of stuff? And she said, hey, that wasn't us. That was Fauci's idea. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got we to get to that little criminal and, and make him pay for what he did and um, and, and make it unattractive. And, and of course, I think a lot of people want jail time and I'd like to see them in prison, but I, I think that it's more important to take their money away. In other words, we have a, a, a huge number of people who went to prison rich and came out to their billion dollar fortunes or multi-billion dollar fortunes. That's ridiculous. You know, um, I think, I think having them outside and poor is much superior to jail and keep their wealth. (laughs) So, and many of them have done such heinous things that even if you took all of their wealth, it wouldn't be enough to make whole the people who they damaged. So, yeah, I, I am not coming from a vengeful standpoint I'm coming from a because and one good thing about the position I'm in, I just want to clarify this for everybody. I own essential businesses. I have suffered no financial loss other than what I have chosen to invest and make Americans free again. So I'm not damaged. I'm not coming from the standpoint of they hurt me
0: yeah.
1: at all in any way, shape or form. I am standing up for all the other people who they hurt because I can and because I have a loud mouth and because I'm not afraid and because I have a platform and because I have the wherewithal, like I said before, to do something about it. But, um, I, I'm not, I don't have a chip on my shoulder because they did anything to me
0: at all. Well, I think that is perhaps now the second most important point you've made is you cannot come at it from a vengeful place because if you defeat the enemy, And then you march through the country, burn the villages, kill the fighting age men, and rape all the women. The hell are you?
1: Right. Now
0: now you're just the top demon. You, sure, I mean, Dresden was horrific. You know, the firebombs of Tokyo were terrible. But ultimately, what you, we had the power to, we could have just kept making nukes, we could have just wiped them. Ultimately, what you do is you go in. And with a with a surgical tool, you remove the armaments industries. Mm-hmm. Japan and Germany are fine. You don't go and because I get it, you have to be the very thing you and I are getting riled. Perhaps myself getting riled up about the very thing that you and I are defending is the is the, the pushing back against people that harmed innocents. Mm-hmm. So you cannot go and turn and harm innocents. So the idea of like uh, you know we're going to get them back and we're going to screw them. Real, No, it's, it's not, I wasn't harmed by it. I started, honestly, I, my, my podcast started kind of taking off like, or like I started early 2020. My world really hasn't changed. I've kind of just been in a corner in a room yelling at a camera for two years. Like not much has changed. Like I could be in a nuclear bunker for all I know, but so it's not from that. And I don't know anyone that's, you know, the vast majority of my family and friends, all the vaccine, they're all fine. There's nothing coming from that. Sure. I got censored, but whatever. It's to make sure this doesn't happen again because next time we might not be so lucky. You mm-hmm. know, I'm 31. What if I have kids? What if my kids have kids? You want to make sure it doesn't happen again because innocent people were harmed. I mean, how many young... Not just young... How many young guys just died from myocarditis? Just got out. No more. It's one thing to be injured and not be able to play the sport. how How, how many people are just dead? Just mm-hmm. dead and silenced and gaslit into shutting up about not responding. And to me, that's what it is, is you have to go in and prevent this from happening again. But also, I do kind of think that there is, and now here's the the eye-rolling optimist in me, I do think that there is something good that can come out of all of this. And not just, well, yeah, when when any bad thing happens, obviously the the good comes by the absence of the bad. No, I mean, there could actually be a a benefit itself that came from this that we couldn't have gotten otherwise. A lot of of them. Yeah, I think you might have to see the institutions for what they are. Just, what does it matter? They don't need our, Hitler doesn't need our approval and the the Chancellor, he's just going to invade Poland. He, He doesn't need our stamp, he has his own army. When you see the FDA doing this, I mean, we all know the playbook now. Pfizer has decided that it's a tough one, but we're gonna ask. We're gonna ask the FDA for an EUA on the shots between five and eleven. Oh my God, they got it. Pfizer. We really don't want it, but if we think it's time they all get boosters. Pfizer, six months to. We know what it is, and we know mm-hmm. it's BS. You maybe have to see the rot. You have to. Everything. The 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 tide has to go low. And you see all the shipwrecks and all the trash. That's the only way you're ever going to go, we maybe need to clean all that up. Because otherwise, if it's just a little bit, I mean, the opioid epidemic, we're still ongoing, but Oxycontin, Sackler family, yeah, $2.3 billion fine. Yeah, and then it's whatever. Who's in the Super Bowl? You don't pay attention. You maybe need to see the collusion between big tech, the White House asking to censor Joe Rogan, the FDA and the CDC just working in tandem, just... All of them, all the heads, you can slap FDA or Pfizer on them. doesn't matter anymore. You're just switching your names. It's like Mr. Potato Head. You maybe need to see all of that for there to be any public catalyst for change. Would you agree on that?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. And I think um, uh, another area, in addition to the drug companies and the regulatory agencies, which is horrible, I mean, there is no there are no regulatory agencies. We just have business partners at this point in time. Um, and then tangential to that, you have these people like Gates, who is not medically trained and has nothing to bring to the table except his opinion about something. And the only reason anybody listens to him is because he's a multibillionaire. But um, but the other thing that's happening is the schools, the, the exposure that the schools are getting. Um, I am filming a video today for uh, Friday, and uh, I, I can't even believe this happened. These, this uh, couple was called to school because their 12-year-old tried to commit suicide. When they got there, the people told them, the school officials told them that the child had tried the day before as well. And what had happened was she, this little girl Had um, uh, said to a friend, she likes playing video games, and um, the friend said, "Well, that's a thing that boys do." And um, so she wanted to be big and strong like a boy, and ended up telling this girl, and it got to the attention of some guidance counselor who called her in, and she had all kind of posters on her wall about transgenderism, and the little girl found that kind of fascinating. She's twelve, and um, so this guidance counselor decided this little girl wanted to be transgender and um, had secret meetings with her for months without the parents knowing about it and said that she wouldn't tell the parents, but she told other kids in the school about it. And the kids started bullying her because she the guidance counselor had helped her get an, a, a gender neutral name and all. I mean, it's just the most horrendous thing you've ever seen. And by the time the parents got there, a police officer was there who worked for the school who said that the child had been taken to a behavioral center and uh, it was the school doing this. The, the parents have completely lost control of their child. They're suing the school system, obviously, right? And um, an attorney, this, this was an article in Epic Times, an attorney um, uh, who is representing this family said, this is the most chilling thing about it. This is going on all over the United States this law firm is so busy, they can't represent all the people who need help. That's how much this is going on, where kids are being chosen to be transgender and the school gets involved in all this brainwashing and everything and the parents don't know. They're claiming there's no notification requirement to the parents. And, um, and so, you know, first of all, it was the masks and then it was the critical race theory. And now we're on to the transgender LGBTQ thing where we're gonna take 12 year old little girls and turn them into boys. And the the parents said that, and and the reason why they told the little girl they were gonna keep it secret was because her Catholic parents would never go for this. So we gotta keep it between us. So, I mean, it it is so horrendous, I can't begin to tell you. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I started saying in 2020, you gotta get your, your children the hell out of these schools. All right. The social distancing, the incessant hand washing, thinking that you're going to kill a grandma, wearing masks and quarantines scares kids. And they're losing IQ and they're becoming incredibly unhealthy and they're terrified. And teenagers are bedwetting and they're afraid to leave the house. And, um, I mean, child psychologists are, ta- are speaking out about this thing. They're, ne- they never seen anything like the kids and the condition that they're in who are going to them. Okay. So then we have another school year coming up in 20, uh, you know, in 2021. And I said, get your kids the hell out of these schools because they got $122 billion to continue this stuff. And about that time, the critical race theory started, started coming out. and The parents are screaming and hollering and finding out that Marxist teachers are teaching communism in class and all that kind of stuff. And now here we have this, right? And so, so my point in going through all that is at what point in time, you're a parent, Do you watch all this and say, you know what, that Pam Popper can be a radical person, but I'm starting to think maybe school is not a very safe place to send a nine-year-old. Okay? Yeah. Because, the, and, and the problem, I've been speaking out about this for a long time, the school considers your child their property once you deliver them there. That's why you've had these cases where um, they vaccinated kids without their parents' permission. There's a lawsuit about that in California. They don't have a mature minor doctrine in, in California. Some states say that kids can walk in and get a vaccine without their parents' permission. Well, that needs to change. But in California, this would be a violation of the law, and they did it anyway because they don't really think the laws pertain to them when it comes to doing what's best for children. And we all know that who knows what's best for children is school officials and health officials, not their parents, right? So anyway, it's just another example of something where it's parents are waking up and saying, you know what, we have got to protect our kids. And in order to protect our kids, we have to keep them the heck away from institutions that are out to destroy our children and do it behind our backs. Like we may not know until my kid tries to hang herself in the bathroom that there's a problem, right? So um, so anyway, that's the withdrawal from school is the biggest it's ever been. The homeschool movement grew more in the last two years than it's ever grown in any two-year period since it became a movement. I think that's a good thing. I think all of this is a good thing. I think what happens to these children is a terrible thing, but I think that the turning it all upside down and just like you said, they're for everybody to see. You can't ignore this anymore, you know? Um, and uh, that, that'll be good. And, and then I think the changes in the media. The media has collapsed. They will now save themselves by turning on their masters. The government is collapsing. They're going to try to save themselves by turning on each other. And I sit back here and I say to myself, if I'm just really patient and I raise money and I'm really strategic about what I do, and I strike at the right times and the right places, we'll get they will we will accelerate them turning on each other, yes. so that and and then that's how it really comes apart. Everybody is going to want to make a deal. That's by the way. That's why the whistleblowers are coming forward. Sure. Tom uh, Renz has had quite a few of them, and I think part of it is. If I help you, maybe I won't go to prison for knowing about it was going on. I did nothing about it or actually participating in it going on and doing, you know, that sort of
0: thing. Build a golden bridge for your enemies to retreat across. It's all or nothing is not the best, is not always the best tactic. It's sometimes you need it. D-Day, Dresden, Tokyo, Hiroshima, but things like Operation Paperclip, you know, um, uh, what was the, uh, Operation Alsace, and um, I can't remember the, the other name, like the Intelligence Committee. It was like a temporary committee under the OSS. But they were needling away at this, really mm-hmm. like all spring 1945. It was starting to come down, and then all of a sudden it's, let's put demolition charges on that beam, that beam, that beam. We don't need a whole wave. So we just, you know, take it down, like Jenga. Um or I guess the opposite of Jenga, trying to purposely bring it down, but that example you 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 went through it, it beautiful not a, it's not beautiful it's obviously horrific, but I mean I think it's beautifully pertinent in that that's just one example. I don't I don't have kids. Me and all my brothers are adults. So it doesn't so that's not that's not pertinent to me. I only knew some of that, but to me that's just like okay now there's this whole other ocean of people that are being affected by this and at a certain point sometimes it needs to come home sometimes mm-hmm. it needs to it really it hammers away well we don't need it i'll get to it tomorrow i'll get to it tomorrow i'll get i'll clean the shower next week i'll clean the shower and then in one week you're in there and you're like is that mo-? you're like oh god And it's all right you put the mask on and get the bleach and you're like all right we're going to war with it sometimes you need it to get so bad that you snap out of it a week's well,
1: and I'll tell you something else about it getting sure. so bad is you probably heard this. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. OK, so another uh, child case I won't go into too much because I covered the other one. But but uh, this was a situation where a nurse practitioner didn't like what the parents were doing called Child Protective Services. And this guy's <laughs> been involved in politics and the whole nine yards. And he's a very, very conservative. So all the way over here to the right. Well, this story, what happened to him and his kid, got a lot of attention both locally and nationally. The Epic Times did a story on this as well. And uh, what happened is somebody in the legislature, all the way over on the other side, as far to the left as this guy is to the right, spoke to the Epic Times and said, listen, we're political opposites, but I know this guy. He's a good parent. This should never happen, okay? So now you've got, and this is, I think, a wonderful thing that can happen. I was asked yesterday um, in an interview what I thought of the two-party system in the United States. Is it it viable? I think it's viable. You know how I think it's going to become viable again is what I just said. People who, who are here on a lot of issues find out that they're here on the ones that count. Yeah. And then you can squabble and fight about the rest. And I and I was uh, out after this interview that I did. I was thinking about when I used to blow, when life was normal, and and it was twenty years ago when I belonged to a book club, and um, and my book club was interesting because we had all these different age ranges, and we had Democrats and Republicans, and we met at a downtown private club that catered to politicians and all that sort of thing because it was near the state house. So we had some people who worked in government, and we used to have the most interesting discussions about things that we had a lot of different opinions about at the table. And, um, and I would say that over time, we learned from each other, and we all probably modified our views on something to some degree, I I would say, okay. Um, And that's that is how the two party system used to work. And that's how it's going to work again. And I'm seeing it as the as the as our meetings grow the types of people coming and the political ideologies they come from or, or are running away from, that's another thing that's happening, um, are quite diverse. And um, and so people who think differently about things are starting to come together because they agree on the important things. This, what happened to these children, nobody thinks that is a good idea. Democrats don't, Republicans don't. Um, I don't know any, except for the communists and the crazy people, I don't know anybody who thinks that's okay. Uh, watching Fauci and Walensky misrepresent information. I wrote an article on Walensky's reporting on that mask case. Did you hear about this? She had the, the CDC sponsored a mask study or did a mask study in Arizona. And uh, I'll just give you a couple of points. I mean, I wrote a three-page article on it reference. but um, the bottom line is that this is the, the, if this is what the CDC is capable of, we need to disband that agency because they actually, it was supposed to be schools in Maricopa County the number of schools included in the study was more than there are in maricopa county that's kind of interesting maricopa and included county, again. yeah, <laughs> yeah, so when the cohort is bigger than the cohort could possibly be, well, we got a problem there right and then um the the school years started at different times, so you're you're talking about the cohorts aren't aren't you can't compare apples and oranges, right. And uh, and so so anyway, Walensky, the the head of the CDC, she must have done a hundred interviews in which she said that this study, which was so fraudulent, you can't believe it. There were fifty things wrong with it, and and you wouldn't have to be much of a scientist to figure it out. Actually, if you read it. But three and a half times more likely to have outbreaks in a school unless uh, as opposed to kids that were not masking. All right. So definitely masking is the thing you need to do. And she repeated it and she repeated it and she repeated it. And I wrote, listen, there's three or four things that could be happening here. One is that she didn't read the study and they gave her talking points, which she repeated on air all day long. That's really bad. Okay. Another one is that she does not know how to read the medical literature and she could not have arrived at the conclusions that this lowly naturopath in Ohio could figure out. That is really bad. Or she read the study. She knew it was fraudulent and decided, decided anyway, thinking that nobody would ever read it. That's really bad. I mean, there is no conclusion that comes from this other than this is terrible. This is a person who is not qualified. She's either not qualified to hold this position or she's a criminal and shouldn't hold this position. And uh, I wasn't the only person talking about it. Other people spoke out about it too. And she's never been called to task for it. And so um, as these institutions start to fall apart um, and, and, and it is becoming less um, politically incorrect to criticize them now, um, they, can, they can massage the language like that Dr. Nguyen does all day long, but I think thinking people know what's going on, you're in trouble. You guys are trying to change your messaging. You are trying to get to the place where um, there will be less consequences for what you did by making nice with us right now. And that's just not going to work. So anyhow, it's uh it's an interesting time to be alive and to watch all this stuff happening. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, there is. And there, and there is, I feel like as someone who has like no education from like West point or something, but, I feel like there probably is like a balance though, right? Because the ego in all of us, right? I, I want to go, you know, I, I, sometimes I find myself going like, I got banned for interviewing McColl and Malone months before, you know, Rogan started to get, and then I'm like, I'm like one, well, he's Rogan and you're not but Two, It's like, Hey, what's the bigger thing here? Do, does Tommy's podcast or does Tommy want to be known? Yes. Which one's more important, this or, hey, the doctors are getting out there on bigger podcasts and it's getting attention. And I have to pull myself and go, reel in a little bit, buddy. This isn't this isn't you. Get them out there. And I know you want to grow your podcast and turn it into a viable business. But at the same time, get it out there. And there is a bit, you know, how much of us want to go, hey, uh, maybe the mandates weren't right. You want to jump at it and go, yeah, I told you so. You were... And the ego comes out and it wants to and it wants to jump on it, and it wants to go for the neck. But, and there is importance there, you want to make sure this never happens again. But at the same time, you also don't want to lose that person who's clearly maybe not like a Fauci, but someone who's just maybe a friend who's now kind of changing their mind. And I know you want to jump down their throats and be like, I told you, you know, you, you, you've you been talking shit and texting me and saying I'm crazy for two years. You kind of have to, there's a little kind of spiritualism to it. You got, you got to put that aside and go, big picture, big picture. Mm-hmm. We want to make it from fringe to censored to okay to you want to make it the main thing now to say, yeah, you can question what's going on. It's – it's you. Let them in. Don't sit there and go, told you, as much as you want to. There is like a balance that you have to go, hey, man, maybe in a couple of years you can say it over a beer. Like, fucking told you so. But right
1: now, that'll all come out. out. The early adopters of this theory that you and I talk about all the time, that won't eventually come out. It will. And it's going to come out this month. It's going to be the beginning of it. I'll tell you you why. All right. So so here's, again, watching all this stuff that's going on. So, you know, last week Facebook lost, what, a couple hundred billion in value? 26 billion, I thought. Yeah, it, was, it was huge. Uh, Zuckerberg lost a lot. I mean, he's still a rich guy, but he's not in the top ten in the world. He lost that stature. He did it. And uh, they took. And it's the first time their audience is going down. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're now the social media is starting to go through the same thing that the networks are. They're starting to lose people. All right. So um, here's a here's a prediction. So on the twenty first of February, Truth Social goes live. Mm-hmm. And I was in a meeting yesterday talking about this because we we have to talk about, I mean, I'm still running a business here and then Make Americans Free again has become a business to a certain extent. So we're talking about what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And one of the things that we've had to do and you've had to do it too is when we started getting censored, then we have to post here, there and everywhere. And every one of the things that we've looked at is all of these different places have unique audiences, so you have to keep doing it. There's no consolidated place like it used to be. If you were on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you kind of that was the universe, right? Well, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be this huge migration over to uh, Truth Social because people need to connect with each other again. And Trump has a lot of money to invest in this kind of stuff. And he hired Devin Nunes. There's a great interview on Epic TV to watch Devin Nunes talking about. They made a deal with Rumble, and Rumble offered Rogan $100 million to convert. Yeah, that's Trump's people, right, offering that money. Okay, so people are going to go over to Truth Social, all right? So we're going to find, as everybody starts to congregate there, because this is going to be the safe space. And they have said, and, and, and Trump is saying, and Devin Nunes is saying, the thing, we cannot have a healthy country until we restore media integrity. So there is I mean, these people are collapsing, and they'll try to save themselves, but they're going over here and starting anew with integrity. And they said, we're not going to censor anybody and we're not going to monetize your account and all that kind of stuff. Well, the other interesting thing, and we'll see if I'm right about this, is this was set up as a media acquisition company, not just true yeah, social. Uh, all right.
0: Yeah. Um, DWAC, D-W-A-C. I,
1: I think don't that, remember what the I think, acronym is.
0: Well, I think that's the ticker.
1: But I think what he's going to do is what I would do if I had all that money and was raising all this money. I'd let Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and all down a little bit more and then I would buy them up. And, a host, and, and they'll have to because these are public companies. And so if they offer, they cannot turn down the offer. I mean, that's one of the things corporate raiders... Fiduciary then,
0: responsibility, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, so they absolutely will have to take it. So he'll... We'll sweep them all up, and then we'll we'll have a, a, an honest meeting again. So I'm looking forward to that because um, we have we have managed to grow our audience by doing this post over here, post over there. Somebody says, "By the way, are you on this?" Oh no, we'll hurry up and yeah. go. On this. Um, it takes my my person in the office who does that spends probably the better part of half a workday throughout the week doing that because there isn't a central location, and I think that that will eventually go away and um, we'll be back to the place where you post one place and it covers all the places that matter and nobody's censoring it and we have open communication again and that is when people will start to recognize because it, it, some of the people who are as upset about the censorship as we are are people who were not on board with this in 2020 like we were but they will go to this place because we're going to post all the videos on true social I mean, we've already made up our mind that as soon as they say they're going to start allowing people to set up their accounts, I mean, my person who does this here knows you're going to have to move 500 and some videos over there, okay? And that's not fun, nor I know. is it. I know. I, I, <laughs> and I, then I, all these other posts and these articles, all the, it all has to go over there. But, um, and, and so the new people, who sign up over there? Who've never seen your stuff, never seen my stuff, and they will know. They will go back and watch the stuff from March of twenty twenty, and go, "Wow, uh, you know, these and, people." some people
0: knew. And all my stuff is recorded on Zoom, so there's a literal day, month, year, hour, minute, second ticker running. So you can go right. back, and it's just me talking. And um, yeah, that it, that's going to be a huge thing. Um, and no, I know about the all the other platforms like. I'm posting on, are you on this or are you on that? And I'm like, no, I don't know what that is, but okay, I'll post my links there. And some accounts I have 500 followers, other ones I have like seven, but I just keep doing all of it because you kind of have to blanket it. Um, In terms of the moving all the videos, yeah, getting banned from YouTube and actually foreseeing it and starting to upload on BitChute and Rumble. Yeah, I'd find, I would just upload, I would just constantly have videos uploading. And that was when I had like a library of three or four hundred. I think when I moved everything to Odyssey, I'd hit like 500, and I was like, "All right, for my sanity, I'm just going to do 10 a day." Got to go mm-hmm. f- get the files from the hard drives and move it over. I mean, this is episode 701 uh, HD. It, the podcast is at 11 terabytes now. Uh, standard definition, it's not like one and a half. No, I, I, I know it's a, but hey, you know, it's a good problem to have. But one thing I think of is, um, with all of this, it's very great. And I'm excited and it does feel like the tide is turning and obviously everything we talked about, we can't get up or uh, let up. And obviously you do have to punish the people that let this happen. You, you cannot, I have a friend who's like a scientist and like ev- and evaluated gambling for like a couple of years and we did a podcast about it and he was like, in conclusion, he was like one of the takeaways is he's like, you cannot play a rigged game. There's just a total waste of like from the get go, you just have to not even walk in the casino. It's just done. You cannot do it. It's rigged. You cannot play it. And I realized that with YouTube, when I would get a hundred views in the first three minutes and then just pause and then somehow start going backwards. But <laughs> that's so that's that's one thing you got to realize. Hey, you know, the FDA they can't just be decoration. Like they do have to be fixed and ratted out. People do have to go to jail. But then there's like a third step. So the first step is we're winning, but don't let up. The second step is you have to punish those in charge. The third step is is don't get too drunk on the merry. We are creating a new thing. Because as sure as the sun will rise tomorrow, these new things, one day Rumble will be the bad guys. It's just mm-hmm. what it is, and that's not that's not. I love Rumble. That's my biggest base right now. I love Rumble, and I'm so grateful for them. Like I and I love them. One day, either power or money going to their heads or new guys coming in, old guys retiring or just a change in the, the landscape, they will be YouTube and they will squash everyone. And although I'm conservative, it might be a conservative thing where they start squashing liberals. You cannot mm-hmm. do that. And so I don't know how you you do – I don't know what you do with that information, for me, it's why I keep everything on different hard drives. It's why I have like any family friend or anyone that has like a gun safe. I'll just give them a hard drive and be like, just put the podcast in there. Just bury it. I just don't even want to know where it is. Because to me, I'm like, they're all these will all be evil one day and there'll be well, a new thing. You,
1: here's how you deal with it. OK, and and it goes, it's, it's from a more macro level. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're we're having these meetings between two and a hundred people every week growing growing. We start a new meeting every couple hours around here, all right, someplace. And so the, to your point, to the earlier point of we can't let up, we have to keep building that way because what will keep that from happening again is people connected to each other who are watching this stuff. You know, um, it, it, who was it to the... the um, former Speaker of the House that wrote All Politics is Local. And I'll think of his name in a minute. Um, Tip O'Neill uh, from Boston, wrote All Politics is Local, which is a great book to read, even though he's on the other side of the aisle. Sure, but, but he was on the other side of the aisle at a time when he and Reagan used to scream at each other in the White House, figure something out, and sit down and have a drink at happy yeah. hour, you yeah. know, a different kind of time. But, but we have to be engaged and local, we have to have a local community. And and this is something that um, I I have a lot of time to think about this stuff because I don't sleep much these days. And I was thinking about my former life and the kinds of people that I hung out with. I never hung around with bad people, don't misunderstand. I hung around with people where my, um, some of them, my admission to the club was based on being very careful about what I said about some things you know like there are groups that probably wouldn't have taken kindly to knowing I was a Republican or a conservative voter or whatever and now what's happened is i a lot of that all of that's gone you know but but the new connections are actually much deeper than those ever were even though some of those were 20 30 years old all right and so the like-minded people getting together and saying these are things i care about i care about them enough to show up someplace every thursday to talk about it, to work on it. We have to keep fostering that, yeah. okay? And and had we had those types of communities um, set up at the time that this happened, it would have been over in a matter of a few weeks. Yeah. This country cannot deal with tens of millions of people who say, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I mean, the Canadians, the Canadian government can't figure out what to do with 50,000 truckers. So can you imagine 80 million Americans just saying, We are not going to do this. Period. End of story. All right. So it'd be over in a few weeks. So I think that that's the key: is getting people back connected to each other again. Um, And I think about again going back to my former life. People would have said, "Oh, Pam, you're around people all the time. You're speaking at this conference, and you're going over here, and you're doing a book signing over here, and then you belong to this group and this group. You know, you're testifying in Washington and all that kind of stuff. Around people all the time, to whom I did not have a deep connection based on mutual goals and ways of looking at life okay so my new tribe if you will, there there are a few of the older people not that came from my prior life that you know were really like me and I'm like them but but this new group of people we all believe in God, we all have loyalty to our country. We believe in strong families. We believe in freedom. We're willing to sacrifice in order to stand up for what we believe. Um, we think that connection is important. We think our communities are important. All right. We look at these godless, soulless creatures out there doing whatever the heck it is that they do all day long with disdain and disgust. Right? So we have a lot in common. We grow that to 80 million people, and that's how we inoculate ourselves against something like that happening. Because... If truth social and mumble go to the bad side, eighty million people can start something in fourteen nanoseconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You think about it. I mean, it's just, it's just astounding what you can do, and um and I think I know that that uh, I'm onto something because I've said this for a long time. What did they not want us to do? Congregate. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the thing, That's the thing we have to do then. Yeah. Congregating is the thing we have to do. We have to continue to defy them.
0: In that way, oh yeah, no, it's um, yeah, and then there's even like a a macro to the macro, and it almost gets into like, is there just certain like instinctual or biological or evolutionary patterns, where, I mean, after World War II, when everyone rationed, everyone knew someone. I mean, what four hundred thousand people, four hundred thousand soldiers died. I think eight million. I think that was the peak deployment you know, uh, you know, women working in factories, you know, assembling shells and and P fifty one Mustangs and you know, Boy Scouts collecting scrap metal. Mm -hmm. I mean that that I mean, aside from the fact that they literally killed the Nazis, but that's why they're the greatest generation, right? And I don't think there's any coincidence that, sure, we were one of two superpowers, but that's what led to just the golden age of just American growth, American innovation. I mean, going to the moon twenty four years after like dropping the A bomb, like it breeds that but mm-hmm. it might even be just like rumble and truth social will one i don't say uh, maybe will i just i just think it i just think it's the nature of things you then have to look at like what about all the 80 million will eventually the 80 million will have kids and they'll be raised pretty close to it but then the kids will have kids and the kids will, and that's where we get to where we are today And then you kind of need another booster shot. Maybe Mm -hmm. not Nazi Germany and Pearl Harbor, but maybe you need mandates and, you know, clot shots and censorship before everyone goes, all right, hold on. And we build this big thing and it will be golden years and the next generation will carry it out 75% as well. And then the next, and I don't know, maybe 77 years from now, sort of what, 2099 there'll be a new thing where everyone's going, you know what, guys, you know what, we've strayed too far. We've strayed too far. And that might just be it, which just means we have to play our position right now. Weak men mm-hmm. make hard times. That's where we are right now. Let's just deal with it and let's move forward with it. Um, and But to me, it's you almost have to become aware of the bigger things like, you know, like, like, I mean, I was too young, but I mean, like, Howard Stern going from this like rebel from the, the very little. I, I generally know very little about him, but from like the rebel kind of like hardcore, everyone wants to censor him like Marilyn Manson esque, will and Anthony esque, just, you know, going to do whatever. Anyway, the crotchety old men don't like me to now him doing like podcasts and him saying like, get the vaccine or like you're an asshole. Like, yeah, sometimes the government does need a censor and it's like, dude, What happened? It's like Rage Against the Machine requiring uh, vaccine passports. It's like, guys, you are the machine. You need to be aware that we can always say, I'll never become that. You know, Rogan might say, I'll never become Howard Stern. Maybe he won't. Maybe he's disciplined enough. But you almost need to offset it and go, I probably will. Because I'm not bigger than these patterns that have repeated throughout human history. I hope I don't. I probably will become that and if I do become that, I'm never gonna inform you that I've become that. I might be blind to it myself. You just have to remember I'll probably become that and you'll need to destroy me and become your own thing. One day I hope to be Rogan and I'll know I will succeed. If one day I go beyond that and I become an out of touch delusional asshole and people go, dude, do you remember when it was cool? And then something else will rise. You almost need to be aware of that. Like I can't fathom fathom me like like Colbert, like watching Colbert doing like the vaccine dance and just me being like, dude, I'd rather blow my head off than watch that again. But and then I think of like me getting banned from YouTube and doing a podcast above my parents' basement or above my parents' garage, like interviewing doctors and screaming about how this is like the rise of Nazi Germany. One day someone will take one of those episodes and put it by whatever I become, and they'll be like, you know, don't grow old. the big, like, "This is a terrible example," and that will probably happen. As much as I can't think about that, it will probably happen.
1: It doesn't have to happen. Doesn't have you, to. No, it doesn't have to, and it hasn't happened uh, with with everybody. Sure. No, um, sure. One of my one of my colleagues who didn't go to the dark side is almost ninety years old, and uh, still has scientific objectivity, which I appreciate because so many of our colleagues, we were talking about it uh, over the weekend, actually, we, we were on the phone talking about how sad it is to watch our colleagues essentially destroy what they built by becoming, uh, by exposing them to being totally discredited, which is what's going to happen to them, you know, and, uh, but, but not everybody did that. And, and we you have to watch yourself all the time. I mean, I'm 65 years old, and um, I became a better person as I got older. And I think that um, uh, what I would say about age and money is they make you more of what you are, wow. right? So if you're a good person, you'll become a better person. If you're a generous person, you'll be more generous. If you are, if you have um, a dark side, it will come out in, in uh, great splendor. And so I think what we're seeing with these terrible people in charge is that they, if you go back and look at their backgrounds, like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, mm-hmm. There's never a time you can point to that they were good people. Okay. Joe Biden misrepresented his college record while he was in college. Okay. Yeah. It's not like it's not like he had this great period of time where he was okay, and then he went to the dark side. Oh. Kamala Harris started sleeping her way to the top when she graduated from college. She, her, you know, she mm-hmm. got she's having an affair with that guy who was the mayor of San Francisco, who was sort of like the Democratic kingpin out there. And and from all accounts, she was really smart. She didn't need to do that. It's a shame that it happened. But but the bottom line is that you go back and look at all these people who are doing these terrible things. There wasn't a time when they were bright lights and they were on the right side of everything. And then they went bad. It's it's that they they always had these tendencies. And as they gained power, they became more of what they were. And I think the same thing is happening on the other side. We have seen some amazing demonstrations of heroism from people who would have told parents who would have said, I was. I never could have visualized myself being on a YouTube video that goes viral or on internet viral. I never thought in a million years I'd have the courage to show up at a school board meeting mm-hmm. and tell people what I thought or to pull my child out and homeschool. So you're watching it happen on both sides. Both sides are rising up and the good guys are showing more of how bad, or the good guys are showing more of how good they are. and The bad guys are showing more of how bad they are. And um, so I, I don't worry too much about you actually, not as much as you might imagine. Having, having been at the, at, at, you know, my life's a lot longer than yours at this point in time. And and, uh, and that's the wonderful thing about growing older. People say, don't you wish you were 40? Only if this brain could be in the 40 year old body because I don't wanna go back to any level of stupidity that I had at an earlier time, right? So, um, So I think the good guys will stay the good guys. I think, that the, I think that when things are operating right in our country, there are checks and balances. And what happened is the checks and balances went away. And the reason they went away is because we just got really complacent in our country. We stopped paying attention. And, um, and we were due for a wake up call and we're darn lucky that these people pulled the trigger earlier than they thought they were gonna, because all the planning documents indicated this was supposed to happen a few years from now. And they didn't really have much uh, strategy for dealing with things going wrong. So we, we lucked out this time. And the likelihood that we would be lucky like this a second time is not real great. So we better learn our lessons. We need to become diligent citizens. And, and I'm looking at myself, I, I would say. I always thought that I was doing great as a citizen because I read about candidates and I voted.
0: Oh, yeah. i watched the yeah. news.
1: Right. Yeah. So that's but uh, that is a tiny piece of being a citizen. You know what? Right now, I am a fully engaged citizen. Yeah. Right? And I'm very interested in what goes on at the local level and in my school system, even though I don't have kids in school, I'm interested in what... Uh, I, I don't want to run for office, but I have a great deal of interest in I think being engaged in local politics.
0: I think the next level is... No, no. I used to think I was engaged too. I was like, I watched the news on this candidate versus now I'm emailing candidates and i'm like hey would you like to do an interview with dr mccullough or george farid what can i do to help your platform i know that you got to be able to back up your points with vaccines do you want some FaceTime with whoever stuff i never thought i would do in a million years i think the next step is is people like you will run for office and whenever i bring this up to people they go and ah, nah, that's where i draw the line i'm not i'm not a slime ball for a long time yeah if you wanted you wanted to run for office you probably were a slime ball but now it's kind of the next level of like, no one wants to be a politician. And it's kind of cool to get, it's it's cool to say, dude, no, I don't want to do that. But now you're, that's why I think you're seeing so many military guys, Joe Kent in Washington state, Mike Durant, the Blackhawk pilot in Alabama. Mike Durant's got like a wildly successful business. He doesn't need to step away from that, but he is because they're starting to look at it. Like, I don't want to run for office. I don't want, you know, the, I don't want to be the career politician, but they're like, dude, I mean, what, did, what did trump always used to say and i know, you know i like trump but a lot of people listening to this probably don't that's fine it's just an example but he always used to say if you looked at videos from like the 80s and 90s say i don't want to do politics it would be like i have a great life i'll only ever do do it if it feels like no one else is stepping up to the plate mm-hmm. and like i don't want to do politics i have my beliefs but i'd much rather play video games and talk about ufos the reason mm-hmm. why i am in overdrive doing three episodes a day talking to doctors is because something's going on and and I have to act. And when when it goes away and we do win, yeah, I'm going to take the, the foot off the pedal of COVID and politics. I'm still going to stay involved. I've learned a lesson. Like, I don't want to do this all the time. A lot of people that don't want to run absolutely need to run. And there are a lot of guys and women going, ah, it's not, it's not me. You got to. You you, you got to do the thing. It's disgusting. It's gross. But you can just go do two years. I think that's what it right.
1: should Get rid of the career politician. And in my case, I really don't want to run for office for a variety of reasons. But where I think I can be helpful is in a different realm. I think that as this all unravels, there are going to be some people who will be called upon to um, donate an enormous amount of time to mm-hmm. Fixing some of these problems in healthcare. I have a lot of expertise in that area. Um, I have huge libraries of information. I have a, I have a lot of stuff that could be very useful in figuring out what we're going to do with these agencies and what kind of healthcare policies we should. Uh, we should have and how the government should be interfacing with the medical system and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're clearly going to go the direction away from socialized medicine and all this stuff, because it, as it turns out, this wasn't much fun, the socialized medicine version where they kill people in the hospital and all that. So I think that's where I can be the most helpful. And it is um, every bit as much, you give up every bit as much. I mean, sure. it's very probable to sit where I'm sitting right now and run my business. And so if I took two or three years and said I would, I would be willing to go to, Washington and work on these issues, it's a huge investment, and uh, and I think that's more what I'm suited to do. Um, and then other people should run for office because they're younger and um, they their 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 ex- their experience is relevant, and what they bring to the table is the energy to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I could sit in Congress and keep my mouth shut. I watch like some of what those people do; it just blows your mind. I mean.
0: I think you almost got to add on Mike Collins, a second generation trucker who's running for Congress out of Georgia. And he kind of said it best. I was like, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to get all sucked into it? And he goes like, he's like, well, I'm going to go in there and do so much stuff that I know for a fact it won't be elected. So I'm just looking at a state two years, burn it down, get as much as I can do. And I was like, that's kind of a tactic you never really think about because it's always, well, you got to get reelected. You got, you're gonna have to play the party line. You're gonna want to do this, and then it's like, what if you just go in and go, and I'm in, got two years. All right, let's do this shit. Like, all right, all right. Well, right.
1: so that's all, all of our, our our initial our early politicians. That's all were, they did. Uh, they were reluctant servants they i mean lincoln wrote a whole lot about how he just couldn't wait to get out of the white house and go back to illinois and i think that's what we have to get back to where public service is public servants you're going to sacrifice something to do this yeah. instead of get rich off of it and um and and i think we will get back to that and a lot of people i, th- I think the good news is this new level of engagement there will be a lot of people who will say I I'm willing to step up and get involved. And and like look at the education system. You know who's the most qualified to get involved in reforming education in this country? Parents. Yeah. I, this this whole idea of the education system being run by experts who have no relationship with children or no no accountability or whatever so, so I think a lot of people who are just common citizens are going to be able to bring a lot to the table in terms of figuring some things out. And I'll look forward to that time. In the meantime, I'm just going to work on freeing the country. Fair enough. And <laughs> yeah. the bad guys and make them pay for it. For yeah.
0: Play, yeah, play your position, what's directly in front of you. And I know we got to run in a minute because I have another meeting in a minute. But I was going to say what you said about uh, them rolling the plan out a little earlier. You know, McCullough said the same thing. Malone said the same thing. And we got lucky. We got lucky. They had to they had to play the hand too early. Was it all luck? Part of me thinks that, you know, the, the election was stolen from Trump. I mean, did do you think he forced maybe I mean, maybe it's not that he's some grand chess master, maybe it is luck. Part of me feels like he sort of pulled the curtain, pulled the curtains down. Maybe just his very presence in the White House and the way the left just foamed at the mouth. Mm-hmm. But it almost seems like he made them launch their secret weapon a couple of years before it was perfected.
1: I don't know that he he actually cognitively did that, but I think neither. it happened. And then I think what happened is they thought they made him go away and they thought that they'd succeeded. Yeah. And instead, you know, that one, one of the things that you learn by my age is never underestimate your enemies. Yeah, And that they have underestimated him for a long, long time. And I think that um, first of all, his popularity is still a big problem for them. Yeah. And I think that what he's doing with the media is an even bigger problem for them. Even though it, it would eventually destroy itself anyway, it's already started yeah. destroying itself. The media has, but but um, so you know, things come out for the best usually, and um, and so and humanity and God always wins. Mm-hmm. Always in the, in, in the long term, right? Yeah.
0: No. So, oh, yeah. so
1: um, they 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 were forced that they were forced to do it early. They weren't really ready. We'll capitalize on that, and uh, and I think we'll put this to bed once and for all, uh, at least during our lifetime, and then hope that for. Maybe we don't like what you said. Maybe we don't have to face this for another 70 years until the third generation starts and forgetting again. what we all went through. And, and it, they'll be reading books and people will be saying in 2099, how did that happen? this is just like COVID-19. Or- look at the parallels. I just read this book by Pam Popper called COVID Operation. And God, that, that, that's exactly what they were dealing with, yeah.
0: right? Oh, no, they'll look back. And not only that, but, it'll, but before that even happens, they'll be like, how did that happen? Yeah. How did they end up at that point? And right. they'll look back and they'll find videos of us going back and looking at Nazis and going, I see how it happened. Maybe there's a benefit to that. Maybe it starts repeating and they're going, hey, it can and will happen. Again. Earlier,
1: earlier. In the yeah, game. maybe. Yeah.
0: And maybe oh, yeah. that's the long term evolution of humanity. But well, as
1: soon as I get my next strike ready, I'll call you. We'll do another
0: podcast. And as soon as wait. we do I it. I cannot yeah. wait i'm so yeah, excited i love having you on you're a brilliant person to talk to dr thank pam you. popper thank you so much um i'll email you when it's up uh send me any links you want um i'll put them in the description and this episode actually gave me hope so thank you i need that i need that bright lining i can't go full i can't everything can't be an analogy with dresden and hiroshima and auschwitz <laughs> sometimes it has to be silver linings and uh Well, this was a
1: good silver linings discussion. We'll do it again.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Miss Pam Popper. God bless. God bless America. Stay safe, everybody.